The Courage to Lead, episode 111. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Marcus Ogden. In 2003, Marcus Ogden was drafted into the NFL as an offensive lineman. After five years of playing in the league, he decided to retire and pursue a career in construction and contracting. At the age of 27, Marcus founded a construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises. The company had fast growth, but eventually his business went bankrupt losing almost $2 million on one project in a matter of 90 days. During his darkest hours, Marcus pulled himself together, got a part-time job as a custodian, and with hard work and determination became an inspirational keynote speaker, executive coach, best-selling author, and marketing leader, helping build the success of others. Marcus, welcome to the show. How are you, Holland? Thank you for having me on, sir. Doing well. No, I just, uh, number one, the career in the NFL, that's amazing. Uh, But then to come out and start your own construction company. How did you, how did you decide on construction? The Oz Hall and I was just pursuing and chasing big check syndrome. Like I went to an event uh, at Morgan state where Congressman Elijah Cummings who's now passed away. This was 2008 was speaking at it. And he talked about how the next person in this room could be the next minority contractor that not only sits at the, majority table they create their own huge minority table and i took that inspiration i took those words from congressman cummings and i ran with it and i started a construction company nice very cool well i want to learn more about that the construction company uh what exactly happened and then your comeback because i think that is huge um but before we get started i've got some questions for you these are 10 questions i ask every one of my guests uh, listeners, you know, these are the questions from the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I guess if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Marcus, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you. I am. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Can. Can. What is your least favorite word? Can't. <laughs> What turns you on? Uh, uh, I mean, first thing came on was my wife. So my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Always a good answer. Always a good answer. All right. What turns you off? Complainers. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? I love uh, hearing my daughter play in her room. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? My dogs barking because they need me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favorite curse word? It starts with S and it rhymes with hit. Okay. (laughs) Um, What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be an actor. Okay. Uh That'd be awesome. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Daredevil. 
No thanks. No, no jumping off of cliffs in a motorcycle or anything uh, like that. I'm so good. I don't okay. want that at all. <laughs> all right. Um, question ten. Finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home. Welcome home. Very cool. Awesome. All right, Marcus, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about your NFL career, um, your transition into construction, what happened to you, and how you fought your way back to your success right now. All right? Sounds great. All right. Listeners, we'll be back right after this, so stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Marcus Ogden. Marcus, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's good to have you here, sir. Thank you very much for having me, Harlan. Yeah. So uh, NFL, tell me about your career leading up to the NFL. Were you a big sports guy in, in school? So honestly, Harlan, I played football my freshman year at St. John's College High School, which is the same high school that Kevin Plank, who owns Under Armour, went to in Washington, D.C. And I was a good football player in high school. I wasn't the best. I was a big kid, big body. But we had a really big conference of great football players and football teams. We had DeMatha, Gonzaga, you know, the council. I mean, so from my senior year across all of the conference, right? There were nine, eight or nine of us that went to the National Football League, like Brian Westbrook, who played for the Eagles, John Day Owens played for the Bears. I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. And I was really, truly, Harlan, a good player playing in a really big pond, right? And so I was good, but I really didn't get noticed like that until really about the end or almost the end of the recruiting time frame when Howard University showed up at our door and sat at our kitchen table and offered me a full scholarship to wow. play at, uh, at Howard University. Nice. Very cool. And so NFL for five years? Almost six. Correct. Yeah. Good job. Good job. And as the offensive lineman, Yes, correct. You got, yeah. You took a lot of punishment. You know, Harlan, (laughs) it's like your job is to take the abuse and take the hits and deliver hits. So your quarterback, your running back, people that are in the backfield don't hopefully take as many punishing hits. And it's a great job. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a thankless job right? You usually don't get recognition if you do well, but if you make a mistake and or get beat, you get called out for giving up a sack or giving up all this type of stuff. So it's really a position, Harlan, that you have to have the right mindset and have to have the courage to lead, right? Mm -hmm. In the front, Mm -hmm. but in reality, you're in the back because the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, they're the ones that actually can score the points. Now, of course, linemen get touchdowns here and there, which is very, but it's very rare. It's yeah. not like, you know, running backs or uh, wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera. So 
we have to have the courage to be on the front line, but in reality, we're kind of leading from behind because yeah. we're not really doing a lot of what we call the glory or the flashy type of work. We're doing the grunt in the trenches kind of work. But that's what leaders do, right? They remove those barriers so that the other people can be successful. Correct. Correct. But again, but leaders also, not always, a lot of times will get recognition, yeah. like if you're the CEO of a company or COO, like, you know, when you're a C-level executive, for example, I'll be speaking next week for Cox Automotive, which is a subsidiary of Cox Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And so doing a talk for them, I was hired by their chief product officer. So she reports to like the CFO, COO, and CEO. Mm-hmm. They're a 50,000 employee company. Like, they do things like Blue Book and all these other types of things around software for the automotive industry. And I'm really excited about coming and speaking to her about and her team about how to, you know, become better leaders, become you know, more courageous and how to yeah. really inspire others. Right, Harlan? Yeah. To help them break out of their comfort zone, to help them break out of their shell to get to where they want in life. But they still get recognized for the positions of leadership, where in the NFL, I mean, the linemen, you don't get that recognition as or against very, very rare. Yeah. Unless something goes wrong. Right. You Unless you're like, you know, my brother who was an all pro Hall of Famer or Larry Allen, some of those, you know, some of the good old big guys that mm-hmm. were you know, back in the day. But unless you were that good, good, good of a top level player, you weren't getting a lot of recognition. I think today it's happening less and less for Lyme to get that recognition uh, than it used to be. Yeah. So five, almost six years in the NFL, and then you came out and you decided to open your construction company. Tell me about that. So I got into construction because I wanted to pursue making money and having a life for myself after the game. And we started off Harlan doing very well. We were small, we were in concrete and demolition. Things were great. But when my mentor went out of business, a huge gap opened up in the earthwork, which is like dirt moving, Mm -hmm. excavation, and utility business. And we stepped in. And honestly, Harlan, it was the worst thing I could have ever done. But at the time, it seemed like a great idea. And we had a lot of success. We built a eight-figure-year business at our height. We were almost, we were eight, not almost. We were a $15 million a year company at our height. And we had a ton of success. We were winning all these awards. We were the largest African-American subcontractor in the area of site work in the city of Baltimore, in the state of Maryland for two years. And things were going great. But unfortunately, the obstacle that I could not see, well, I I could see it was really right underneath me. It was me, myself, Mm -hmm. and I. It was my inner desire to be recognized and known as the big shot in town, the big construction owner, the multi-million dollar guy, the guy that could take his employees on cruises, the guy that could take his employees out to nightclubs and pick up the tab, the guy that could rent limos and do this and do that. And all the things, Harlan, looking back on it today, that really mean absolutely nothing. It's what I call external motivating factors, money, fame, notoriety. And, you know, because of my ego, right, Harlan? I lost it all. I made, and that along with a bad job that took on, I spent about $3 million of my money in less than 90 days 
finished that work and the owner and developer denied my change order, that along with my massive ego, mm -hmm. my really just my poor performance in maintaining humbleness and gratitude for what we had amassed, it cost me to go into a chapter seven complete bankruptcy in 2013, uh, wow. April. Wow. And you couldn't recover from that. There's no way to go back and pick that back up again. No, no, no. That's done. I mean, I, I never, once I walked away from construction, I remember I got down here and I kind of went like the old cults back in the day. I kind of moved without telling anybody. Yeah. I packed up everything and we found a little rental and we just, you know, our house was getting foreclosed on the bank was taking it back. We used our cars to get down to Raleigh within a couple of days of being here. Both cars were repossessed in the same day. Wow. And literally, Harlan, like I'm starting completely over $400 to my name. That's wow. it. That's all I had left. No credit cards, no access to money, no, none of that. Literally just down to my last dollar. And so when I got here, thank goodness the NFL trust helped me not to go homeless by paying my creditors. I, I went after what's called the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund. I applied for it. I was approved for it. And they paid my creditors directly. Rent, cars, stuff like that. We have a question well, not cars, car. We want to buy one car at like a massive, crazy interest because I was in bankruptcy. My wife, my fiance is now my wife. She had a bankruptcy. So we really didn't have any type of situation where we could get anything at a reasonable price. And we literally Harlan, was just hanging on by a thread. I was working at Merrill Lynch in Durham as a financial planner. She was working at a, uh, at like a daycare center. And I remember I got fired from my job after about two months, all my fault. I was not doing well on my practice exams and things of that nature. Yeah. And I remember I ended up getting another job the next day to a construction company call. Uh, and I got there, it was a masonry contractor, worked there. And then five days later, I'm fired again because oh. they shut down the sales store of the operation so they didn't need me anymore so that company truck they gave me phone they gave me laptop they gave me at the, i got it on, i got it on a friday that following friday i had to hand it right back to them wow that is wild yeah bankruptcy is no fun and on no. that scale i can't even no. imagine no i had 177 creditors on my docket Harlan, and I had about five and a half million dollars of debt. And here's the crazy thing, Harlan. I could not even afford to pay my bankruptcy off when I first got to Raleigh. It cost $3,300. And I basically paid in installments, $400 here, $500 there, $200 here. I would just piecemeal it. And it took me about six months be able to pay that $3,300 bill in full to start the bankruptcy. Wow. And I was literally hanging out by a thread exposed to five and a half million dollars of debt 
throughout that entire time where I'm trying to pay it off the bankruptcy to start the process to protect me from having people come after me personally because I, I, I lost everything. Wow. That is tough. And then um, in your your bio, you say you took a job as a custodian. Yes. Is that just to kind of make ends meet? Yeah. Yes. I was working as I was fired from both jobs. I worked training kids in football. I started a little small business, Harlan, and had a little success. But as my kids got into playing in the season, they stopped coming for training. Mm-hmm. So I needed to find something else to augment my income and bring in more capital. And unfortunately, nobody was hiring. So one of my clients had a custodian business, needed some help. And I took a job working the night shift from 10 p.m. till 5 a.m., making $8.25 an hour working that night shift, the graveyard shift, night shift, sometimes early shift. But majority of my time was the night shift. And I would have a day shift here or there. But I worked either night shift or early, early morning shift for $8.25 an hour, Harlan, as a custodian in downtown Raleigh. Wow. Man. But uh, what I admire is you didn't just say, I'm done, I give up, right, and walk away. You were married at the time, uh, your kids? No so kids I, was, I was engaged at that time, okay. and then I ended up having my rock-bottom moment of clarity, Harlan, with somebody's trash, rotten meat, nasty, protruding, smelly garbage all over my body, my skin, and my clothes. That was my wake-up call. That was my rock-bottom clarity moment to say, Marcus, either you get up right now and fix your life and be accountable to your mistakes, your failures, and you need to own them, you need to fix them, you need to move on. Or be here the rest of your life on this curb, crying your eyes out and living what I call at the time, Harlan, Al Bundy syndrome, where you're always talking about how great you were as a high school football player. I was this. I was that. It's always I was. I was. I was that. So instead of saying who you are today or what you can be in the future. So that was my moment, Harlan. I said, enough is enough. Let's get ourselves going back on track. Wow. Yeah, and you hear those moments, you know, and some people, it takes them a while to get through it. It takes some people a while to really pick themselves back up again and stuff. How long was that for you? Was that a short period for you? No, no, Harlan. So it, it's, well, it depends on you what you call short. So April 2013, I'm here in Raleigh, still in victim mode, still feeling sorry for myself. And then when I had that rock bottom moment of clarity, that woke me up. That was September. So basically all of May, June, July, August. So it took me five months to wake up. Wow. And then you started fighting your way back. Yes. I started fighting my way back. I came home that morning and I wrote down my three biggest strengths. And I computed in my brain that I wanted to become a keynote speaker. And I said, okay. Let's go ahead and start. Let's launch this. It shouldn't be too hard. It should be okay. I should be able to get some jobs. Everything Holland was free. Not a single paid job. I got jobs. Yeah. But for two and a half years, Harlan, not one paid job. Yeah. Everything was free. Got my first paid job April 2016 with Miller Mock College in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then from there, I got coached. 
I got better, learned my craft, learned about how to market better. And then now going on, you know, it's been five and a half years, almost six years later, give or take, mm-hmm. I have literally now worked for Cox will be my 30th Fortune 500 company wow. before. So nice. our brand has worked for 30 Fortune 500 brands in the last five and a half to six years, Harlan. We've nice. written three best-selling books. Yep. We have the coaching, consulting. We have our own podcast. We have, we're a brand ambassador, you know, all these different things. And it's a lot of work, but because of where we're at, that's how we're getting things done at this time. Nice. And what's the name of your company now? It's called Ogden Ventures, LLC. Perfect. Very cool. Yeah. Tell me about your book, Success Cycles, Uh, right? Success Cycle, yes. That is the one that's most popular. That was published January 28th of 2020. It talks about three major facets, Harlan, to get your life back on track or continue to move towards your goals. Ambition, which is identify your blueprint, mm-hmm. drive, be inspired over motivated, hard work, focus on yourself and not the competition. We have created and have concocted this cycle, this formula. And it's helped us go from making $8.25 an hour as a custodian in 2013 to speaking on small stages in 2016 to now we have done national, international speaking and written all these different books and consulting and helping people identify what they need to get done in their life. Nice. Very cool. So you mentioned books. You have other books? Yeah, so my first book was Sleepless Nights. It came out in um, October 2015. Then we had the success cycle. Then I was a contributing author to, it was, it's called Pivots, Persistence, and Game Changers. It was, uh, it was, it was uh, number one bestseller on Amazon in 26 different categories. Wow. We had a chapter in there with some other great, uh, phenomenal, successful individuals And we were a contributing author to that book. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, the podcast is about courage, right? Courage to lead. Where did you find the courage? You went through some things that for anybody else, they would be like curled up in a fetal position in the corner, right? Where did you find the courage to to get back up and, and do this? I got the courage, Holland, from my father and his legacy. My father gave all he had with his life, resource-wise, attention, love-wise, financial-wise, to make sure his boys had a better life than he did. He passed away early. He was only 57. And when he passed away in 2006, his legacy, once I was done drinking and defiling myself and feeling sorry and feeling like I was to blame for his death, I got my life back on track. And I always vowed from that day forward, I would would use his legacy as my glimmer of light, as, or as you call it, my courage. Mm -hmm. So Aristotle has a great quote, in times of extreme darkness, focus on the light. And courage, aka my father, Mm -hmm. his legacy is what I was able to focus on when I had a lot of you know, self-doubt within myself, doubt from others, hostility, hostility, 
negativity, all those moving things that were always coming around me in different parts of my time in my life, trying to build this business up. Uh, my father and his legacy, Harlan, was my courage and was my glimmer of hope or light that I focused on to get through the tough times. Awesome. You know, we hear a lot about single moms. Um, yours was a single dad. Mm-hmm. That had to be tough on him too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like now that I'm a parent, I can only really imagine how much he sacrificed. I mean, I can't imagine. I, I know what he yeah. sacrificed for us to have what we need to have. And he put himself second always over my brother and me. And again, to me, that's what makes him who he was. And that's why his legacy and people remembering, not me, but I always talk about my dad in my talks. Every talk I give, the opening slide I have when I tell my custom suit story, Harlan, is my father, a picture of him, me and my brother at my brother's high school graduation. And I'll never forget my father always said, you know, Jonathan Marcus, you all can be great athletes playing football, but I care about your legacy and your life beyond the gridiron. So for me, Harlan, that's why he is always my shining star. He's no longer here, but his memory, his legacy, as long as I can do what I do, will live on as long as I can. Then when I'm gone, people always remember we talk about me and my dad and things of that nature. Nice. What's the biggest lesson he taught you? perseverance, how to not give in when life knocks you down. You've lived that one. <laughs> You've certainly <laughs> shown your way with that one. That is, that is amazing. Um, how many people do you have in your company? Right now we have 10. Nice. Mm-hmm. We sure. have a content strategist, publicist, PR. Uh, we have a, uh, we have a person that does uh, trademarks and patent website developer, uh, a videographer. We're very much, we're, I'm very keen on surrounding our brand with the right people that all have a shared alignment, Harlan, around a unified mm-hmm. vision. Nice. And when you work as an executive coach with these different folks, what are they, what are they mainly looking for? What are they missing or what are they, they doing wrong? It varies. Some people are struggling with marketing and sales tactics. Some people are struggling with how to advance in their career. But a lot of it ties back to mindset. Hmm. A lot of clients that I work with are always trying to improve their mindset and their disposition on how they do things so they can continue to push forward in their journey. So a lot of it has some type of degree or tie back, I feel, to mindset. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, even your own story, everything is about mindset, right? When you think positive, positive things happen. When you think too far above your means or something like that, things happen. Um, and then, like I said, you can get down in that spiral and just keep going down, or you can stop and say, no, 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 I belong up here and step and back up. And rise like the beings from the ashes, 100% correct. Absolutely. Very cool. So if I was to bump into any of your uh, employees right now and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader active, are you? Active listener. Okay. I've learned how to listen to my trusted team because that's what led to my demise with Caden, okay. my construction company. I built a massive company and I started to think I knew better than everybody else. I thought I was, I was smarter. I thought I was more savvy. I thought I was more educated and I wasn't. 
Success does not equal smarts. Being an active listener who knows how to shut up and let other people talk, that equals success and being smart in my eyes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to do everything that they suggest or recommend. Exactly. But they need to feel comfortable to say what they need to say and not fear they're going to be judged or ridiculed for sharing their ideas. And with Caden, you share an idea I didn't like, I probably was going to fire you. Today, you share an idea that I don't like, we'll discuss it and figure out why I don't like it, try to talk through it and see if we can really adjust, make any type of pivots or tweaks necessary to get on the same page. Nice. Is there a certain trait you look for when you're hiring people on your team? Loyalty. Yeah. Building trust plus building relationships equals loyalty. Bo Bravo, one of my clients that's in his book, From the Battlefield to the Boardroom. And I look for loyalty in who we bring into our team, because if you're not loyal to us, then we, it's not going to work. And how do you do that in the interview process? I work through what I call, I have what's called a four quadrant approach. I talked about different things that can get done, such as how are they at visioning, inventing, relating, and sense-making. Okay. And the relating, I really tie into your ability to connect with people, be authentic, be trustworthy. And if you've passed the relating well, everything else I can work with. I can help you become a better sense maker. I can help you become better at inventing and visioning. But if you don't relate to me or my team well, it's not going to work out. Yeah. And that's, that's tough for a lot of people to, to understand. The culture. If you can hire for the culture, the cultural fit, the rest of the things you can teach, right? Yep. You can train them. It's like culture eats strategy for lunch every single time. Good job. So what's next for you? I mean, you've done so much, the NFL career, the, the building, the multi-million dollar company, the books, speaking. What's next for you? We're going to be working on online courses around mindset and different topics that people can have access to that can't afford to hire me as a coach or a speaker, but they can afford to pay a reasonable fee to have access to online material and content to help them push forward in their journeys. Nice. Very cool. And is that, that's on track for next year? When is Correct. that coming up? Yep. That's on track for next year. And then we're also partnering with a couple of big uh, firms to do some stuff with them related to online coursework. And then we're going to be doing some more things in-house. So we're really focusing on and also really focusing on Harlem growing our podcast because that's a great way to be credible and build credibility with people where they can hear your content and know that you're somebody they should want to work with. Cool. Tell me about your podcast. The Levin Marcus Show. We started it May 3rd of this year. We're in the top one and a half percent globally ranked. We are a sports business entrepreneurship podcast. We only have one underlying main theory. Well, main foundational principle, interview amazing people with amazing stories. That's it. You could be a business owner, male, female, current athlete, retired athlete. You could be NFL, MLB, NBA. We don't care. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, you know, doesn't matter to us. All we want to do is interview amazing people with amazing stories to help give inspiration to our listeners that they can push through hard times in their life when, not if, when they arise. Very cool. Good job. 
Marcus, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being um, a guest. Uh, if people want to follow you, get in touch with you or, or follow your career, uh, the podcast, everything like that, where can they find you? What's your, what's your website? Our, our website, www.marcus, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, Ogden, O-G-D-E-N.com. You can send us an email, marcus at marcusogden.com. Follow us on LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden, Twitter at Marcus underscore Ogden, Instagram at Marcus Ogden, and Facebook is Marcus Ogden. Very cool. Good job. And your books are available on Amazon? Correct. Amazon, Barnes and Noble uh, online. And uh, the success cycle is in every Barnes and Noble's bookstore across the country in the business section as well. Nice. Very cool. Marcus Ogden, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Excellent. All right, listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Um, You can overcome. Don't give up. Never, never, never give up. You can overcome. Um, Check out Marcus Ogden's website and his book. And uh, yeah, share this episode with others. Share this with your family, friends, and colleagues. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan. Thanks so long for now.